What do you love about being outside and active? I'm, I'm sure I've spent more time outdoors than in. That just feels like home. Enjoy what you can do because you never know what is around the corner. Just being outdoors in the fresh air, it just clears my mind. Fully immersed in nature is what brings me the most joy. Hello and welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast, where this week my guest is Nikki Chisholm. Nikki describes herself as an everyday adventurer, squeezing adventures into her everyday life from walks, swims and runs to film, podcasts and books. She has just hit 50 and her adventure journey has changed so many times over the years, from a 20-year-old canoeing and sailing instructor to a mum with young children teaching them to embrace the outdoors to a mum of young teens surfing and climbing Ben Nevis. Now that her children are in their late teens and slowly flying the nest, she now finds herself ready to embrace that next stage of her adventure journey. Her journey has included marathon walks along Hadrian's Wall, abseiling down castles, a cross-country ski marathon in the Arctic Circle, and a recent trip to Peru, visiting the Amazon rainforest. This episode is all about adventure, and how everyday, quote-unquote, normal people can find adventure in their everyday lives. Finally, wherever you're listening to this podcast, it would massively, massively help us if you leave a review on this episode and tell me how you are enjoying the Outside and Active podcast. If you think you know someone who would enjoy it just as much as you, then forward it on to them. And if you're watching on YouTube, then drop a subscribe and a like. That's enough of the intro. Let's get straight into this episode with Nikki Chisholm. Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Outside and Active podcast and I'm very happy today to be joined by Nikki. Nikki, hello, how are you doing? Good morning Tom, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, I'm really looking forward to chatting all things adventure and we've just been chatting uh, before we started recording about how we feel about adventure and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into that but I'm going to kick off this episode by doing what we always do And I'm going to offer you a piece of advice that someone who has been a guest on the podcast before has left. And they don't know who they're leaving it to. And this piece of advice comes from the amazing and the the really, really lovely Jordan Wiley. And his piece of advice was for him, he likes to follow the ABC rule. And the ABC rule is A for attitude, B for build relationships and C for continuing professional development. And they're the three things that he really lives every day by attitude, build relationships and continuing professional development. So I guess the question that leads on from that for you is how how do you take this advice? How does that advice resonate with you in your life and your adventures? I think attitude obviously is really important. As a mum of two teenage boys, I'm really aware of my attitude that filters down into the family. So if you show good attitude, it's that it's that expression, don't do what I don't do what I say, do what I do, or is it do what I do, do what I say? But it's like you're getting the kids to absorb by osmosis what you're doing. So they take on board your actions, how you're doing it, and your attitude. And that attitude is an adventure. It's in problems in life, problems in school. So attitude, yeah, I think is completely key because everyone faces curveballs in their life and it's how you address and tackle those curveballs you change how you respond to them you can cry in the corner for a couple of hours which is fine then pick yourself up and get on with it or you can take it on board and be miserable for days so attitude is totally key i get it um build relationships well my business for the last 10 years is uh, been running an entrepreneurial networking group for, for women so building relationships is is key 
um, it's like it's not who you know. It, what's the expression? My expression is rubbish this morning. It's, it's, it's who you know. What's, it's not what you know. It's, it's who you know. It's who you know. Yeah. yeah. So if I've got a question now on my phone, I just text people. So I could text you now. Say, Don, what do you think of this? Or I've got friends that have got. I've got people in high places and people in low places. It depends on kind of what you're looking for. Um, so yeah, building relationships is key. It opens doors. It opens opportunities. Yes. And totally. I think it's key that you give. Uh, and I wouldn't say takes, that sounds horrible, but it's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's got to be two ways. If you help someone go up, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive believer, help someone rise, help someone rise, you know, get behind them, literally lift them up. You have to lift them up physically, you know, lift them up, get them over a hurdle, um, get them through that doors, unlock a door, shove them through the door sometimes because they're literally so terrified. Um <laughs> And also, when you believe in someone, they begin to believe in themselves. So building that relationship. And then I, I'm a big believer. What goes around comes around, you know, yep. without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah. And then continuing personal development. Again, that's important because we're going to touch on this later. Adventure changes as you go throughout your life. Um, and there's always millions of things to learn. So what do you want to learn about? I've just been learning about Peru or I'm now going to learn about first aid or I'm learning um, about new authors. I mean, you can learn all the time and you can continue personal development. I mean, there's millions of things that you can do in terms of an adventurer um, developing or a businessman or businesswoman. I think it's key because you also meet new people and those people, again, there's a circle, you meet relationships, new opportunities. And if you stay at home and do nothing, nothing's going to happen. But if you walk through the door and you, and you know you you meet people I think the world's your oyster it takes practice I understand that I think you said it then in relation to building relationships opportunities and I think that that you could almost relate that to all three of those ABCs because opening doors opportunities is exactly especially when you're someone like yourself that's keen to get outside and try new things and try different things opportunity is and opening those doors that open for you are so are so important. So I like I like that you said that. the The next question that I always ask to everyone, and I, I love this question because it's purposefully vague, is what do you love about being outside and active? I've been thinking about this one actually because I knew you were going to ask it, and and I think there's two for me. There's there's two points. I feel like my body is like a battery. So you, like you plug in your iPhone when you go to bed, and you plug it and you recharge it. So there are so many curveballs. When I think about the kids, uh, illnesses, hospitals, visits, parents, being poorly, um, running your own business. I mean, there are so many curveballs that come at you left, right and center. So you need a way to recharge your battery. So I use adventure, big and small, to recharge my battery. But the other side to that is when you're on an adventure, I see the world like a snow globe. And you're shaking the snow globe up and it's completely mental. And some days are so mental, you just don't have time to think because there's so much going on. But when you're in an adventure the space begins to quieten down um, and then all the snow globe begins to settle and what rises above then is new ideas new contacts new feeling new opportunities new um, new scenes new just new new ideas and it sparks I mean I'm never short of an idea so I, I need to keep my problem is keeping my my sparks <laughs> under control but I think it the snow globe analogy you can visualize the piece and what comes out of that because when there's all that chatter you can't see stuff but when you're out on an adventure and you're on a hill or you're and it's quiet and there's no one there or you're at night and you're walking somewhere there is that space to give your brain um 
the opportunity to to flourish yeah, and thrive. Yeah. Pick, picking up on the analogy of the battery, that I th- I would say some people would think about going on an adventure and taking on uh, a new journey or, or going somewhere and doing something uh, that's that's going to take physical activity or phys- you know drain you in that way would see it as quite tiring. Whereas you've said it in a terms in a sort of actually life. And that hamster wheel is the thing that's draining me. The energy and the battery that I get back and regain is actually spending time outdoors and taking on these adventures. Yeah, and I think, it, and I know we're sort of like, you know, we're going to move into this later, but, you, but it's really key to understand the adventures doesn't have to be climbing Everest. You know, if you're sitting in your, I'm in Brighton, sitting in my home in Brighton, the, the, the chances of me climbing Everest are, uh, a slim because one I don't want to two I don't have the money three I don't have the experience and four I can't be asked but <laughs> I will go for I will go for a swim I'll meet my sea swimmers and we'll go for a swim so go for a swim and we'll there's a, at the moment we've got a seal on the beach so we'll see the seal we'll have a cup of coffee on the beach so you're having a mini adventure so don't look at maxi adventures look at your mini adventures um in in, in there your snow globe can happen Again, it's flipping it. You could see adventurers exhausting, which they are, you know, financially, emotionally, but they're also what gives you the power. I think I see it as a power. It sort of like powers you up. Um, and again, my, my life is changing because my kids are getting older. I'm getting more chance to power up and my snow globe is settling slightly. Let's give people, before we jump into those adventures and, and your um your definition of adventure as well let's give people a bit more of a context around you you've kind of touched on it as well but who is Nikki who are you what what is your background and why are we chatting here today okay so my name is Nikki I live in Brighton with my husband and my two teenage boys and my cat and of course Daisy my camper van who I love she's my, my pride and joy and she never answers me back she's always where I left her and she just gives me such utter joy when I'm driving her um, so I live in Brighton. The last 10 years, I've been running a uh, business networking group for female entrepreneurs. So it's uh, across the UK and in Europe, we've had on and offline meetings. So we get made 20, 30, 40 women in a room. Uh, we all pass business around and um, it enables women to thrive in their journeys, make connections and basically get business, get bums on seats and get money in their banks. So that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years. Um, I moved, I wanted to move on from there. Um, we hit 50,000 people, and that's kind of my big thing I wanted to get to. So I was like, Nikki, you've been to Parliament, you've been to, um, you've worked with NatWest Bank, you've been on a bus tour, um, you've done so many things. I thought, I will need a change now, what am I going to do? So I hit 50, and a few crazy ideas came into my head. So um, I moved on from running my own business, passed it on to a new director, um, and, and it's still running. Um, and I thought, right, I'm going to run a half marathon in Greenland. And then I'm going to set myself up as a blogger in the adventure space, um, particularly looking and focusing on opportunities um, and websites and magazines that would be up for um, adventures and, and the written word on adventures for I'm 50. Um, my kids are moving on. They're teenagers. We're going to move on to empty nest syndrome. You've got a whole menopause thing thrown in there. And there's millions of us out there. And I think so many women when they get to this age it's an opportunity to flap your wings and think christ i've been a mum for 20 years i'm off on an i'm off on an adventure and in this is where i'm at and i'm literally chomping at the bit thinking where can i go next um and my boys are behind me my husband is behind me and i just think i've done 20 years now nearly yeah. as a mum what am i going to do the world is my oyster 
Um, and obviously it depends on money and finance and all the rest of it. But yeah, that's kind of where I am now. And in my um, circle down here, I'm known as Pink Nikki. So I always have Pink Nikki on my blogs and my yeah. flags and all the rest of it. Because there's so many Nikki's in my group. So in the end, they said, <laughs> Nikki, you always wear pink. You've got to be Pink Nikki. So that's where Pink Nikki was born. And she's off now to sort of like find her feet in the adventure world. Um, and hence why I've come across yeah. you, Dom, and uh, you know your website. Is it exciting? Is it quite nervous? Like you said, that empty nest, and you know your kids are moving away, and now great, you have this opportunity. But is it kind of quite a nervy thing as well? It's it's weird. It's a double edged sword because my job is to enable my boys to be assets to the world, to to be part of the world, to give to the world, you know, to be part of a team. Um, and to, to, to grow and to thrive but to do that you have to let go they're not going to thrive in my house they need to get their own jobs they need to move out they need to work and you know they could travel um, mm. and you have to let go and letting go I'll, I'll cry so I'm not going to say much more you have to let go um, you have to you have to let go and you need to be really proud so my son's got his driving test tomorrow and I'm like you know I'll, I'll be so proud of you I'll be terrified you know, he's 18 years old and driving, thinking he's Charlie Big Bananas. Yeah. And I'd be terrified. But my job is to say, get out there, do driving tests, go traveling. So you need to let go. And I think it'll be a, a couple of years where there were mums like me across the country, kids are going to university. You have to let go. One of my girlfriends, she said she spent two days in bed crying when her son went. And I was thinking, I get that. So there's loads of millions of women like me at this stage in life thinking, I'm championing my kids, but equally you've, you've done a good job and this is what you should have done. So that's where I'm at. And I think I'm trying to keep myself busy and have adventures planned. So as the as they move on, my space changes, they're moving on, moving out. And my space is not filled with nothing. It's filled with energy and fun and adventures. And that's really important. And, and it is scary, but what's the alternative? I don't want to sit at home waiting for my kids to turn up every four weeks. No, you want to get oh. out, get outside and adventure. And that, and that word adventure is, is very subjective, I think. So that's the question I'm throwing over to you is for you, how would you define that, that word that we use so frequently and I've used so frequently, we've used so frequently already, but how would you define it? I think it's different for everyone because someone has a big adventure. And I've been, I think my first adventure when I was 18, I was on a sail training ship at just 18, sailed across to France. Um, I was seasick all the time. I was homesick, cried all the time. Um, but I learned to eat Mississippi mud pie for a week and I loved it, you know. So that was my first adventure. So I've been doing it ever since. So I think my comfort zone has grown. So I think if you've got a small comfort zone, start by signing up for a 5K or a park run or get your mate, hold a hand, go for a picnic on the South Downs way. So I think it's relative to the adventures that you've done. My comfort zone has got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now I'm thinking, God, my God, what, what can I do next? Because I'm happy to step out of that. So I think your comfort zone will shape the adventures that you currently have. And as you do different adventures, I mean, I, I know that you know this because every person that does adventure, you don't ever start out with an ultra. And I know you've done an ultra. You start out with a walk on a park run you do a 5k and then you might do an 8k for a charity then you'll do a 10k then you think oh, i like a half and then somebody will say to you a crazy idea let's sign up for the london marathon and you get into the ballot so it's a series of steps um so i think adventure is a serious steps and you've got to find your thing is it that you want to walk or run or fly to peru 
or go to Antarctica. I looked at going to Antarctica and it was 20 grand to sign up for the marathon. Wow. 20 grand. I, I, kept, <laughs> cause I, I did the Greenland thing and I was like, oh, I'm going to do, do something else. And I, signed, I thought I'll sign up for that. And then when I saw 20 grand, I thought, no, okay. So adventure is shaped by your resources, your time. You know, it, it's, it's different for every single person. And also where you in in your life. When I was 18, I um, was a water sports instructor. When I was 19, I was a windsurfing. And then I did my um, safety boats. And then I moved on to World Challenge. So I was taking kids uh, on, on adventures, so to Thailand. Then I was a mum. So the adventures are then around the kids. Yeah. And then you do your camping and you do your staying in weird places. Um, and then as they get older, you can start to teach them to surf, to coast steer. And now they're moving on. Now my adventure. So adventure changes for every single one. But I think what you've got to do is embrace it and find and find your adventure. And also, I think it's really good now that um, the adventure space is full of women doing their thing. It, it used to be quite the beardy weirdies going up Everest. Don't get me wrong. That's amazing. God, of course it is. Um, but it's also a very niche and narrow people that can do that. I mean, because it, well, it must be 150 grand to, to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like saying, well, that's adventure. Well, it's not. And now there's festivals, there's the armchair festival, there's the Kendall festival, there's community groups for, um, um, t- tough girl challenges, uh, love her wild, um, her adventures. Yeah. There are so many, um, spaces for women now. So again, that's changed. Um, I think the world's your oyster. I think you just got to go online and have some fun and see what's out there. I've got three different directions of topics that you've spoken about in there that I'm now weighing up how we how we meander through those because I think this I mean firstly I've written it down because I loved it so much adventure is a series of steps I've not heard it it you know set out like that before and I really like that so I've written that down and I think it's so true the way that you explained it uh, from people that have that I've spoken to that have walked across Africa to people around me at work that are taking on their first 10k what you said that is so true about you don't just you know very rarely do people go straight in at the deep end it's actually a series of steps and I think one of the most amazing things that I've discovered through my own experiences but then also talking to people such as yourself is that you you, you finish your 5k you do your first park run or your first five couch to 5k and your brain goes oh, I, di- I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that what can I do now and it becomes that, that's where the idea of the steps come from. Oh, I didn't realise I could do that. What can I do now? And then it becomes a, a sort of snowball of, like you said, I've, I've, I've taken an ultra marathon and now I'm thinking, oh, what about a further distance? Whereas two years Ooh. ago, before I'd, before I'd, um, before I'd you know, started doing what I'm doing, the idea of running a marathon, I, I'd almost resigned to the fact that I will, I'm happy that I'll never do one. Um, I will probably never do one. I'm happy with that. And fast forward two years, I'm thinking about taking on, you know, a 70, 80 mile event. It's ridiculous. But that's obviously on, on one side of the scale. That, but, you know, they've got people that, that are in our company that are going, oh, I'm going to take on my first t- 10K or 5K. I'm like, you just wait until you finish that and you'll see what happens when you finish that. And you think, oh, maybe I can do a half marathon. So I, I, I really loved the way that you said that. I just wanted to put more of a spotlight on it one of the other things that you spoke about was 
obviously balancing your adventures and your relationship with the outdoors with other things in your life, whether it be work, but obviously you mentioned kids there as well. And we spoke at the beginning about passing good habits down and wanting your kids to be a good ambassador, uh, good ambassadors in the world and good for the world. How have you tried to, uh, ingrain's the wrong word, but, you know, encourage them to enjoy the outdoors and appreciate the outdoors as they've grown up? I suppose I never tried to teach them it per se. I basically loaded the van up, put them in it. When they, I mean, our first camping adventure was when they were two. Um, and they just kept wandering off. So me, <laughs> I think outside the box, that's how my brain works. I think outside the, so I went to B&Q and I bought loads of chicken wire. And I literally created a chicken wire fence around the, the camp, <laughs> our little camp. So they were able to wander, but not wander off. So it was like there was a problem when they're young and you think you think around it and they did it. So that was at two. And then at three, we, we you know, stayed in the caravan. Then at four, we'd stayed in like um, a converted bus, a converted gypsy caravan, you know, so four, five, six, seven. So it's like doing rather than teaching. So when they're there, they can feel how adventure feels. I'm cooking marshmallows on a fire. I'm climbing up a tree. I'm making a rope swim. I'm my favorite, the boys, the favorite thing that even at like, you know, in their teens, they love massive sand dunes running down it as fast as they can. Their legs fall out underneath them and then they land in a heap at the bottom. I mean, they've been doing that since they were little and they still love it. And they say, can we go somewhere with their sand dunes? So my filter mechanism when I'm starting at is campsites with massive sand dunes. And that's a really weird filter. <laughs> and there's very few that kind of come up. Um, so it's kind of like doing the stuff with the boys um, and showing them how it feels. I mean, it doesn't always work. And we've had some absolutely blindingly dreadful storms. I can imagine. And you know, we've had some um, cut legs, hospitals. I found out I was allergic to wasps and ended up in A&E. You oh, know, wow. really weird, just stuff that's just like, okay. And I've lo- the last adventure we had was last year. Massive storm came through at Croyd, uh, battered down the campsite. Everyone was wet. The kids were wet. We were inside was wet. The gazebo had blown off. So we literally loaded the van up at like five in the morning and drove home and I was literally crying going this is my only holiday this year going it's just so terrible and everyone was traveling back from Cornwall in the morning but the kids still laugh about it now so it's do do stuff with them so they feel so they understand how adventure feels to them that sounds like one of those stories that becomes a great story but in the time you really really wish that you were, <laughs> it wasn't happening <laughs> it was awful the kids hated it but I, I bribed them with 20 chicken nuggets um you know I was like boys pack this camp up we are going I'll buy you McDonald's on the way home one of the ways that you describe um yourself in in your bio on the the ONA website is as an everyday adventurer and it would be interesting to hear uh from you an example of what an everyday adventure can be because you said you spoke about going to Greenland and all of these awesome Peru and all of these awesome things but I think we kind of touched on everyday adventure and working that in is also very important as well i think i do i think i've got into a habit now i'm trying to do something about something along the lines of adventure every day so i'm generally the books i'm reading are they're about adventure um so it could be a book that i'm reading it could be um, a movie so um i've just watched a movie on um the uh, diving it's on netflix i've just forgotten the name of it the the last breath the deepest breath yes yes um, so, so watching a movie 
um, listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to people like you, um, writing blogs, um, planning something, researching something. So even if it's like five minutes, I'm kind of feeding my adventure. And then if you've got a couple of hours, get my trainers on and go for a walk, go for mm. a run, go for a swim. So you, I mean, I, I, some some days I've only got 15 minutes. So I'll get out the out of the house and literally walk around the block. It's not an adventure, but it's outside. I'm in the sunshine, all the rain, because we've had a lot of rain, but I'm still outside. It's still, Nikki, you've done something today. So, um, or I've got big adventure quotes on my wall. So if I walk down the stairs, the first thing I see is, you know, adventure. Um, it's just, you can do it. It's like a habit. Where it's do totally you, like a habit. Where do you find inspiration from? Because that the idea of asking that question came from, you know, reading books about other people's adventures or potential adventures and watching documentaries and watching films and potentially reading other people's blogs about their own things. Where does your inspiration come from? Do you mm -hmm. find inspiration from yourself, from other people that you may look up to or your peers? That's a really good question. It's like, I think it comes from sort of a multi-level places. So I was just reading a lady, um, I think she's like a grandma, and she decided to, 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 to visit all the national parks in America. So that was her thing. She's like 90. So she did that. Another lady, she was a grandma, and she went around the UK on a bus pass. Um, another lady, she decided to visit all the national trusts and eat scones and have afternoon tea at all Amazing. the national trusts. Um, another lady, she's a disabled swimmer, and she's literally swimming the channel um, in relay at the moment over sort of these few days. Another friend of mine, she did a mile swim between two islands. So I think I just, I just look for, I'm in those communities online and I think, bloody hell, that's good. That's interesting. That's amazing. And you kind of think, well, you, it, you just find your thing. You know, I don't want to have afternoon tea or the national trust, but I would like to go to Antarctica and run a half marathon. I think you find your thing and then you find your tribe and your community that um, that like ignites that spark. You think, well, she can do it. Why can't I do it? And then you make it happen. So it might be a year's time that I could go back to Peru, but I've got to save up enough money for a year's time. I've got to make sure it's not around the kids when one of them doing their GCSEs. So it's shaping that as well. Mm. Um, there's so much inspiration out there. The festivals um the film festivals or the like the armchair festival or the kendall festival uh, or the bamp film festival yeah i mean we are not short of inspiration we seriously and if you are i think you're bonkers you <laughs> must have your head in the sand <laughs> there you're so right uh, uh, bamp we've worked with and obviously kendall kendall is massive and um, the ocean films as well that we um that we've promoted a little bit and some of the images trailers films i mean it's absolutely incredible and it also reminds you of how incredible the natural world is so there's there's totally so much inspiration there and you, again you touched on it there of um if she can do it why can't i and you said it earlier about um encouraging women to be in this world and how has it changed and how has the adventure world or has it i guess become more inclusive over you know, in over time. 
It's huge. It is, it's really huge. And it has really taken off the last five years. I remember when I was first doing my British Canoe Union when I was 18, starting out as a trainee canoe instructor, then an instructor, um, they weren't necessarily female changing rooms. Um, they weren't like um, the, the, um, the sanitary bins for um, women. They're... Um, it was it was it was really sort of male orientated. There weren't the books. There weren't. The, I mean, we didn't have podcasts back then. There weren't the books. Um, it was very male orientated. But I mean, now there is a space for women, whatever shape and size, whatever age. It's really inclusive. Um, and I think it also things like um, the kit has changed. So it used to be sort of one size fits all, um, and now they've got shape shape for women whether you've got yeah. hips whether you've got boobs there's all the right the right sort of shapes so a wetsuit's a bit better um smaller sizes um it, yeah totally it, it's it's much more inclusive i and i think people still feel afraid like i wouldn't go to like an all-male gym i mean i wouldn't the, the then but then so you find there is a space for you there is categorically space where you just go out and find it and don't be afraid there is there is books podcasts radio interviews um the speakers at festivals now lines up the panels the speakers the headline speakers there is there's women there and why shouldn't there be it's like 50 percent of the population so it's always that you're looking for a balance and um, you're looking for that balance i don't want women to dominate don't want men to dominate it's a balance in that space in any space um and i was trying to say to the boys about international women's day why do they do international women's day well, i said look at parliament look at the prime minister's question time there must be 95 percent of men in um, parliament until there's 50 50 um that's why we have international women's day to hi to highlight that and it's not about banging on about a woman it's banging on about the e equal and equal space um and equal ideas um, for for all really so i think we in the especially in the adventure space we have come a very long way i've still been to events where there is no facilities but then there's no facilities for anyone because that's the adventure that you're in you sign up for that you know you, you sign up yeah. for a crazy space <laughs> and you <laughs> we, have to get on with it yeah and i think this podcast is connected to the national outdoor expo and i know that the team that work on that really really the content team especially put a lot of focus on providing a speaker lineup and panel lineup that is full of equality, whether it be race, demographic, sex, gen, you know, anything to do with that. Because why that's so important is you're encouraging the next generation of people to love the industry and the world that we love. And it's very difficult to fall in love with that world if you don't look if there's someone that doesn't look like you or doesn't you don't relate to, they're going to go, well, maybe as a young person, a 10, 15-year-old, looking up going, oh, well, there isn't a, a woman that loves to canoe, so maybe that's just not a space for me. Whereas if you're providing that platform for a person to talk about it, then you're going to inspire a whole next generation of people. So I think that is so, so important. And yeah. another thing that I wanted to ask you about is, again, touched on it earlier, I think there's a misconception that in all forms of exercise and being outdoors and trying new things and moving to a different career or anything to do with that, that there's an age limit, that there's a certain point where you hit this age and you go, oh, that's, that's it, I can't true. do anything new anymore. <laughs> Why is this a misconception and how maybe for you, as you know, since turning 50, how have you, well, you've, you've said it earlier, but a, a new lease of life? 
I think for everybody, I think it's being, I think it's being brave. I think it's, have you got the resources behind you? Have you got the confidence behind you? And I think all, everybody that hits 50 thinks, okay, I'm either going to get myself a Lamborghini. If you can afford one, (laughs) I'm going to, um, I don't know, do something crazy, do a bucket list. So 50 definitely focuses the mind without a shadow of a doubt. So I knew that I wanted to change my career. I've done 10 years and I always had 50,000 visits in my head. That's, I really wanted to get that as a, I'm quite sort of goal orientated and quite ambitious. So I thought I want to get to 50,000 and I kind of knew and had all sorts of shenanigans and fun along the way. But I think you can change, but you need to, I'm a real planner. You need to change the steps. So plan your steps. You can't just like finish your job on the Monday and then think, well, what am I going to do on the Tuesday? I think for me, it's like some people do. My I was sort of like, you know, plan yeah. how, how you move forward. And I think being 50, I think for me, it's just, again, the kids are changing. My, my life is changing. My, the chapters in my life are changing. My role as a mum is changing. And I think that space needs to be filled with something. I don't want to be at home knitting or gardening you know that will come when I'm older because I you know haven't got the energy or the 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 ability but I think um it's a time to embrace it you know it really is a time to as long as you're healthy and you keep fit um and you've got that energy and you know your adventures again just don't have to be really expensive I did come back from I've just come back from the Amazon so that was expensive I know that, but now I'm not going to, I can't do anything until next year. So anything I do will be local. So it'll be camping and walking and swimming and ice baths. Um, and um, I'm doing a 5K in September and a sea swim. So it's all local, yeah. not expensive. Um, so you, you plan your adventures to the resources and time that you have. I think that, that, that last little sentence is so important. It's what, yeah. what's your time, <laughs> what's your financial resource, what's your physical ability, and then... Yeah. You, you plan around that. I think that's so so important. Yeah, your physicality. Like being 50, I decided to do a half marathon in Greenland. So I spent a year um, going from like a, what do you call it? Like couch potato? Like not, not a runner. <laughs> yeah. like couch to 5K. The couch, so, the couch yeah. to 5K, yeah. Couch to 5K. So I did couch to 5K, <laughs> then I did 5K to 8K, 8K to 10K. So I just built and built and built over a period of a year. And then obviously the idea of Greenland was terrifying because it's so cold. So I trained in an environmental train chamber with the University of Sussex. So I trained in there. It was minus 20. 20, and then we did minus 10, minus 5. So I was looking at how it affected my body, my breathing, um, my emotions. I mean, minus 20 is just horrible. I can I mean, imagine. It, I scared myself to death after that training session. So I sat in the car and cried, drank a pint of tea and ate a Mars bar. I was just like, what am I doing, you idiot? Um, but next time I went in, and it just shows your comfort zone, next time I went in, I felt better. And then I felt better. So it's just that was a really good example. So I was training for the cold, looking at the right kit, you know, one pair of gloves, two pair of gloves, three socks, two socks, one jacket, two jacket. I needed to have spikes on me. What could you carry? How it slows you. I mean, it really slows you down. You know, you, you really get slower and it literally sucks the life out of you. It's like in the Harry Potter movies when the, the, the big baddies come in there, you can oh, feel yeah, it yeah. literally sucking the life out of me. Oh, I can only um, imagine. It was, it, it was scary. But when I was out there, it wasn't that cold. Mm. So you, weirdly enough. Weirdly enough. You were, you were prepared for it. <laughs> I'm always prepared. I'm always prepared. <laughs> let's dig down into a couple of these adventures from both sides of the spectrum. Firstly, let's go with uh, the, top, the top end. What's been your favourite adventure trip journey and you can use favourite in any sense of it's your own definition 
Um, my favourite with the kids is when we took them to paddle down the Ardèche. So we had uh, Canadian canoes. The kids are in there. They're about sort of uh, 12 and 10. And I just felt so proud that I'd got that far. They were paddling along and it just made my heart sing that we're all together as a family and they just completely loved it. So that was my favourite with the boys. And then my favourite for me is my recent one because I've been reading about the Amazon since I was, I remember 18. I had my first book that my mum gave me for my birthday. So there I was um, down in Southern Peru in the Amazon. I had a flask of tea. It was about five in the morning. Uh, the sun's coming up. There's all these butterflies. And I was thinking I could just feel my heart just full of, I don't know what it was, just full of happiness. I don't think I've ever felt that happy. And it was, I was in the middle of nowhere. There was four of us and there was millions of butterflies. You could see Cayman. And I was just thinking, oh my God, I just, I suppose I feel privileged. I felt happy. I was amazed. I was thinking you, you've got, and also it ignited another spark. This is only the beginning, Mickey. So I don't, that's dangerous. It's dangerous. That is dangerous. It's only the beginning. And it's, it was just beautiful. I mean, what a privilege. Yeah, a real sense of, you said you had 18 years old reading about the Amazon, learning about the Amazon, and then for you to then go there and experience that. And almost it seems from the way that you explained it and seeing the look on your face, it was almost a sense of real um, being in the present and acknowledging actually where you were and what was going on and, and really feeling those feelings. It must have been amazing. Yeah, I mean, it took me 30 years to get there. I mean, God, I don't want to wait another 30 years. I bloody won't be able to walk by then. <laughs> but I mean, it. It was just a real experience because it's something that's, um, you know, and also if you want to do a big adventure, you can make it happen. If it's in five years, great. Keep saving now, researching now, get fit now, make sure you're psychologically, physically fit, make things happen. If it is in five years, that's great. You know, you, you can go out of your house in 10 minutes time when this podcast is finished, or you can start planning for five years time. I mean, that took me 30 years to get there. It just, you know, I, I had my... my you know, you've got poorly parents or yeah. the kids are at school. You just you just can't manage it. It's just not possible. Um, but honestly, that is just part of the world that you're in. And it's a world that you, you just don't see. And, take, and I want to see more of it. Uh, absolutely. And taking a different angle on uh, adventures, your adventures, what's maybe been the hardest or the scariest adventure that you've taken on? I remember... The green, oh, I can feel my heart going now. I remember the start line of the Green and Half Marathon. I'm, I was just, I was, I have to say, I was terrible. I was streaming down my face thinking, you idiot, what are you doing? There was a guy on the start line with a gun in case any polar bears came by. It was about minus 10. I was just going onto the glacier. It's the first time I'd run in spikes because you can't practice running in spikes. No. So I, I was super prepared. But I was just thinking, I was just streaming and shaking. I could literally, like, literally see my hands shaking. I just wanted them to just do the start line. And as soon as I stepped across the start line, it was just run. One step in front of the other. And that's what I always say, one step in front of the other. Just one little step. And if you can do one step, you can do two and three and four. But it's just cross that start line. And then I stopped shaking. It was just because you're like you're like a car on the start line going vroom, 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 vroom. And you just want to let go. Yeah. Just let, I was just like, let me go because I'm just going to internally combust here. Just let me go. And, I, and then he, the, the gun went off and vroom, you're off. And it was great. <laughs> but I just remember like shaking. I was cold. I was scared. I was terrified. I've never done anything like that before. But I was thinking, then I got across the finish line. I was like, 
hmm, what can I do next? I was like, oh God, Nikki, just give yourself a break. Was it an immediate, <laughs> was it an immediate, you crossed the finish line, right, what's next? Or was that, a, was there a, oh God, I'm never doing that again. And then a week later you thought, oh, well. No, I, I, I came across the start line. My sister was there at the finish line and she was recording it as I came across and I was like, oh, I'm so chuffed, I'm so happy. <laughs> and also I was really cold, so I was shaking because I was so cold and I was really hungry because I'd been out there like three hours because when you're when you're out there, you're not just running, you're you're scrambling, you're climbing, you're slipping, you're running up and down. Mm. You don't just run on the flat. Um, so I was out there for ages and, and I was sort of really shaky and then I was thinking, I must call my mum. So the first thing I wanted to call when I crossed, because I know she'd be out there worrying. So I called my mum straight away. Um, but yeah, your heart just bursts because I love that feeling of being proud of my husband, proud of my kids, proud of my family, but you don't always get, how often do you get that feeling of being proud of you? Yeah. And it was, I just loved that feeling. I was so proud. I was just going to burst. And I was thinking, I just love this. This is great. But I mean, that's a year's worth of time, energy, effort, ridiculous training. And it's, it is all worth it. Oh, it is all worth it. Yeah, definitely. I can see it. For the those You're that smiling. for those that are listening uh, and not watching, I mean, you just look at your face all through that. You can really feel again on the start <laughs> line of tears and stress and just let me go, and then to the finish line of like a, a jubilation of emotion and you said a culmination of a long time that's gone into planning this and training for this, and then it's actually happening, and then you you, you do go, oh, what what's what's next? It is a and a lot of people will be able to resonate with that feeling. It might not be um, next to polar bears in Greenland, but it will be finishing their, their first park run. Um, yeah, I think it's relative. I think yeah, that feeling is relative. Exactly. And I think it's really important to constantly get that across. I just didn't go to Greenland. That's taken me years of having adventures. So my first adventure at 18, so my comfort zones got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You don't just say, right, I'm just going to run Greenland. You just don't do that. I mean, some people probably do. There are there were lots of bonkers people there <laughs> from all across the world, and I met amazing people. They were way more bonkers than me. Amazing. They just come back from running the Australian marathon around Ayers Rock. They'd done the Delhi marathon. They'd done Everest Base Camp marathon. Wow. I was thinking, man, you you are like I was like a newbie. I was a newbie mm. on their scale of mad plate mad things to do so now that was a memory that will stay with me and i've got the medal and i've got the photograph and if i'm ever having a a bit of a down day and i need to get my shizzle together i say nikki you know i know you're having a rubbish day but look at that look at who you can be when you want to i love that i love that what's what's next for you in your adventure timeline and plans what's that thing that's in the side of your head ticking around hmm <laughs> well well, I don't know whether I can say it publicly, but I've been working with um, the Antarctica Reuben. So she wants to be the first black woman to um, cross Antarctica. So I've been working with her doing her social media. So when she's away, I do her posts. And I know she's off um, to Antarctica at some point in the next couple of years when she gets all her training together. So I would like, it sort of lit my fire to get down there. Um, Eve, somehow in the next 20 years I want to get to Antarctica so I'm going to make a 20 year plan and work out how on earth I can make it happen um, and see so that's my long term plan yeah. my short term is to do a 5k so I'm training for a 5k in September and then um, annually for International Women's Day I'm getting women together sort of 500 women to swim on Brighton Beach 
um, and to celebrate International Women's Day, to celebrate sea swimming, women, um, the unity and the power that comes from women being together. And I've always loved that, celebrate that. And I can see the power behind that. One little swim can turn into every Friday, can turn into mental strength, physical sense, resilience, happiness. Um, There is a power to being outside with your mates. It's simple as that, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world. Well, picking up on that word power, I mean, you, you've described yourself as an every, everyday person, everyday adventurer, but you have almost seems like a superpower. So what Ooh. what is your superpower, Nikki? That's a great question. Um, I definitely think outside the box. So if I always, always find a way to make something happen and I've got amazing staying power. So that, that manifested itself when I was 18. I'd be the first in a nightclub and then the last to leave. So that wasn't necessarily <laughs> a good staying power. But since I've developed as a human being, as a mom and as an adventurer, I have that staying power. So I will outlast everyone just from the fact that, and that's also how I got through academically. I wasn't like super bright, super academic, but I would always do them like lots and lots of work, do the most amount of effort, be the most enthusiastic. Um, and, and I would just outlast everyone. I didn't do that intentionally, but that just seems to be my modus operandi. So it's that staying power. And you're there at the end when everyone else has given up. And I'm going, this is fabulous. It's just me. Ta-da! So that's definitely my superpower. I love that. Where can people <laughs> go to find out more about you and follow along on your adventures and just be part and, you know, learn more about all of the things that you get involved with? Um, so find me on Facebook and search for Nikki Chisholm, um, um, or hashtag pink Nikki, find me all there. Um, and then you can find my, um, link tree for, for everything else. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah, just follow along, um, and see what I get up to because so many people follow what I do and then they say, Nikki, you inspired me to do X, Y, and Z. So I think, um, yeah, just follow the journey, get involved and message me. I always love hearing from everyone. This podcast has been full of nuggets of advice, but I'm going to ask you for another one because I opened by offering you a piece of advice from Jordan Wiley, the ABC, and now it's your opportunity to pass along a piece of advice to a guest that will be coming onto the ONA podcast in the near future. Have a goal, have an adventure, and take one step in the right direction. So if you took one step, every day for a week that's seven steps in the right direction one little step every day and that's seven steps that's 14 steps in two weeks at 28 steps in a month and you'll be surprised where you are from day one to day 28 and you can make it happen nikki i really look forward to passing that advice along and i <laughs> loved 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 having you on the podcast thank you so much thank you see you soon And that brings us to the end of this conversation with Nikki on the Outside and Active podcast. Thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on and telling us about your perception of adventure. I hope that you listening could take something from this, especially the adventure being about little steps. I really enjoyed that. If you think you know someone who would enjoy this episode just as much as you, then please do forward it onto them. And let's grow this Outside and Active community. Also, as I said at the beginning, if you could leave a rating on this podcast, then it would make a huge difference, as well as leaving a like or a subscribe if you're watching along on YouTube. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Outside and Active podcast. Until that time, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>